connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. I'm J.D. Lopez, the host of Left Hand Right Brain. It's a free-flowing, wide-ranging conversation that I have with artists doing interesting and creative things here in Denver and beyond. We talk about their personal stories, break down their creative process, and what motivates them. Spoiler alert, it's mostly spite. We talk about all these things and more while kicking back, cracking wise, and always having a good time. You can find old episodes and everything you need to know at lefthandrightbrainpod.com. Hi, I'm Jimmy Palmiotti, and you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Now pay attention and stop playing with your dick. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2018 and beyond. I am Ryan. With me always is Zach, James, Brad. I went to Zach first. I know. Kind of I, I, I decided to be nice today. I know. And I, I thank you for it. Do you get credit for being nice if you call out how nice you're being? Of course. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's the only way people know I'm being nice. Read the <laughs> kindness handbook, guys. <laughs> Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. This week, we saw American Made mm-hmm. starring the runner, Tom Cruise. Oh, man. This week, though, we have a special announcement. One of us, maybe the most talented one, me, is announcing that Brad <laughs> is uh, a, like a filmmaker. What, what are you doing, Brad? Uh, I got to... <laughs> Sorry, I'm distracted by uh, some car that's screaming outside. Um, so the Peak Film Forum in Colorado Springs has invited me to uh, their next event. They do a monthly uh, filmmaker event. Usually it's screening a bunch of short films and the filmmakers get to talk about them. But this event is all about me. What? And it's in the films I've been doing. So I got to carry the whole night. That's so cool. And so, how many films are you going to be showing? Uh, I submitted... Two pod show episodes. Cool. Um, Any of the good ones? The only good ones. <laughs> you son of a bitch. The ones you wrote, James, okay? Thank you. <laughs> Which? Um, what do you think are the good ones? Uh, I submitted the e- Extraterrestrial and yep. Jonathan Tierson's Human Barbecue. Well, those, are, those, ones, are, yeah. those are I figured really good Ghost Trapper is probably a little too risque for the Carlos Ridge crowd. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, one of those episodes, Ryan gets hit in the face with a dick. So yeah. <laughs> still, still pretty risque. It's blurred. Yeah, it's blurred out. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't see the dick. You do see the sw- the swelling, though. Oh, yeah. Remember bruise. when you drew a dick on my face? I do remember. Yeah. <laughs> one, of those, one of those life achievements I'll never forget. <laughs> and strangely, very anat- anatomically accurate to Jonathan Tierson's real dick. So mm. I don't know how oh, you did that. no. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then um, uh, Thunderbolt 1 and 2. Cool. Diary of Anya Frank, Catastrophe... And Cardigan Sorrow. Great. So, and That's a ba- nice lineup. And if they need more t- stuff, uh, yeah, the backups are um, Battle Rap Galactica and something else. Brad, <laughs> what do you think your best film you've made is? 
my best film, Jean-Claude Van Damme's Tim Van. That's 35 <laughs> minutes, and that's just like way too much yeah, time. Yeah, it is. For that That's awesome. Venue. So, so when is it? Where is it? So it's next Wednesday, October 11th, I believe. Cool. At 6.30 p.m. at the Pikes Peak Library. Cool. So cool. yeah, just go on Facebook, look up Peak, P-E-A-K, Film Forum. How do you spell film? <laughs> P-H-I-L-M. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's free, totally free. You just got to show up. Cool. And ask me questions. Congratulations. It might be free, but it's worth a million dollars for everyone who attended. Good job, Brad. It might be free, but it's cost Brad his whole life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cool. One less thing to talk about in around town. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wanted to celebrate. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I I hadn't heard about that yet because Brad doesn't tell me anything. A night with Brad should be rad. (laughs) Well, if you you, uh, follow Brad on Facebook like I do, you would have noticed that he announced it. Uh, Yeah. I shared it, and I would have shared it today, but there's a lot of other more important things <laughs> happening today. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Didn't right. want to do too much Fine. advertising. Very selfish. Um, so, uh, speaking of things we got going on, next, or this Sunday. This Sunday. Mm-hmm. We will be at a place. Mutiny Information Cafe. There we go. Uh, it'll be part of the launch of the Denver Podcast Network. Yes. And we're part of it. Which we really haven't talked about what that is on the show yet because we've been putting the bumpers on, but um, they don't, you know, it's not a bumper that describes exactly what is going on. It just says that we're part of it. So, um, Brad, the Real what's, Nerds. What's going on? The Real Nerds, uh, with, uh, along with seven other podcasts in Denver, have joined forces to tell Denver that we are the best podcast in Denver. Um, so, there's, it's basically a, a directory of the best podcast content in Denver. And so, um, you know, we share the website with left hand, right brain, um, changing Denver, John of all trades, who John's been on the show before the revisionists, mm-hmm. the revisionists, um, beyond the trope. Mm-hmm. They're another nerdy podcast. They started out doing, um, literary, like it was a literary podcast. Yeah. They were on the expanded podcast. to, right. were they? uh, they were at Denver comic-con. I think we talked to them. Yeah. They were definitely yeah. at Denver comic-con. Yeah. Um, I think they were one of the interviews. Yeah, I think we talked yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we all, it's not that they're forgettable. We've just done a lot of interviews, for the record. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and then Discover Weekly, which is a music <laughs> podcast. And at a Denver Comic-Con, it's hard to remember who I just talked to and who I interviewed. <laughs> so, anyway. Technically, anybody we talked to, we interviewed, too. So, right. It's just whether or not interviews we're right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Mutiny Information ooh. Cafe, I think it starts at 5? 6.30? 5, 6.30. Um, come on down. There should be some free pizza there. And then we'll all be doing like 10 minute sets of our shows. And so, we'll be doing a review. Yeah. Which should be Blade Runner. Yeah. 2049 we'll this Runner. week. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And hopefully my real life doesn't get in the way and I can big it there. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely don't want just me and Zach doing the show. <laughs> nope. Because <laughs> I've heard that episode. <laughs> <laughs> a couple times. <laughs> well, you only heard the first five minutes, right? And then you turned it off. No, I listened oh, yeah. to all of it. Oh. I listened to just as much of that one as I do every other episode. <laughs> well, it wasn't the only one because we did one last year inside of a village inn. So. I'll tell you this. Yeah. My mom listened to the whole thing. Yeah. And I wasn't on it, and she still listened to the whole thing. That's dedication right there. She said, don't ever do that again. No, she, <laughs> no, she was very nice. Get new friends, she said. Right. If you guys haven't been to the Mutiny Information Cafe, it's pretty co- pretty freaking awesome. Sell oh, records, cool. books. Comic books are there. Cereal is sold there. Sweet. So it's awesome. Condoms. I what? wish, but no. Yeah, I'm sure they're the not. Lucky Charms and strap on a rubber and go fuck somebody. 
I'm sorry, Carol. <laughs> wow. That's that's a that's that's a time that's magically delicious. My goodness. Yep. Your son is sleeping innocently right over there. I know, I'll save Let's keep these. it going. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'll save these uh raising cane caniac for him in case he wakes up. Oh my goodness. No, don't. Fuck him. Eat the whole thing. <laughs> like, well, he, I ate a whole caniac today. Did you? A whole I, one. They're pretty amazing because I haven't had them in so long. Ugh. And you're just like, you're like, oh, this tastes so good. I don't even feel like I'm going to die. I thought I would. But I also hadn't really eaten yet today, so like, there was a lot of room in there. Nice. It impacted my colon with chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Carl. <laughs> what? I don't think that... I didn't, I didn't say I impacted my colon. Never mind. <laughs> yep. We also go around town with Brad. Brad tells us what's happening around town. In a segment I call Brad around town, going around town on a back when he rides back around town, sees things in movies. I don't know. Some boobies or some you know, boobies. I almost could have cut that one out and made it the intro, but then people started laughing. Well, it's I can't help it that good. I'm funny. It's always good. <laughs> what you got going on, Brad? Um, well, uh, not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday, I'm going to the Peak Fulton. No, okay. Um, <laughs> at the Esquire this week, the midnight is Halloween. The yeah. original Halloween. No, that's not till the end of the month. What? Halloween's the 31st. Shut up. <laughs> Um, so that's cool, but, um, probably even cooler is the weekend after that. No, it's the room again. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's the room and Rawhead Rex. Mm, Rawhead Rex is a really cool. What's like, Rawhead Rex? It's a really, it's really hard to find. Yeah. Eighties monster movie, which for a while on DVD, if you had the DVD, it was worth a lot of money, but I'm getting the is blue. Is it Kino? Yeah the, yeah. the Blu-ray is coming out next week, week after, something like that. Yeah. The Alamo is doing, like, I think the last Wednesday of the month, they're doing a screening of this, but if you can't wait that long, mm-hmm. there's a midnight at the Esquire. I'm really stoked, so, uh, to de- derail Brad's segment. So, I moved, and I found out Amazon Prime doesn't deliver to P.O. boxes. It's, like, in their, like, little, like... Like they say everything, and then like in the very they bottom, they mostly ship UPS, and UPS doesn't yeah. do it. Yeah, so. so I was like, man, this sucks. I and so I told them on when I was talking to them, I said, so what's the point of me having Prime? Because then I can just order thirty dollars worth of stuff and it gets shipped free anyways. And they said, well, why don't you just take the PO box off of your uh, address and we'll deliver it to you? I said, okay, well, I'll do that. Are you going to make sure all my stuff shows up though? Like, yeah, don't worry about it. So today, a day early, I got Colt of Chucky. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Still in my PO box. <laughs> Just it's so. Oh, it just doesn't say. It doesn't PO say a box. PO box on it. So, so they'll still deliver it. They'll still it deliver just it. doesn't say yeah. PO box on it. So it's still delivered by the United States Postal Service. They went up there and they're like, "Oh, he lives here," and they the ladies there put it in my PO box. Huh? You gotta get a middleman. So you man. just physically take you just take <laughs> the word PO box off the address. Yep. And they'll still deliver to a PO box. That's what Jimmy at Amazon told me. Because your PO box is in a normal PO box. Your everyone in your neighborhood has a PO. Yeah, box. everyone in town has a PO box. Right. Because so, the because the new the mail doesn't go any further than the than the exactly post because that makes sense. I know. Springs roads are really narrow because it's an old town. Yeah. So they don't want to get stuck up there. Right. 
But if I went and opened a P.O. box, my address is the post office, and then they don't know beyond that. Exactly. Right. Whereas your address, is your address the, the post office? No. And they just so my address name? is my home address. Right. But exactly. the P.O. box is my P.O. box number. at Right. So mine says P.O. box. This all makes this, perfect sense. Then my home address in Idaho Springs. So the guy at Amazon's like, yeah, just don't put the P.O. box on it. Oh, so then that means Amazon probably delivered it early thinking it would take another day to get to you. Exactly. Wow. So I'm hoping the same thing will happen with uh, Mario Mario Dynasty or Mario Odyssey. That is Uh pre-ordered. Mine too. We'll get to it. Uh, Then the drive-in still has uh, Lego Ninja Go and the Hitman's Bodyguard (laughs) and it this week until until Friday. Nice. I, I appreciate that joke. For a minute there, I thought that was actually like, maybe I've been saying Ninjago wrong this whole time, and it was Ninjago. No, it's, no, it's Ninjago. No, it's Ninjago. But maybe in the in the pitch meeting, when they were trying to decide on new Lego sets to make, that you start out with Ninjago, and they're like, it's, let's make it a little more ambiguous. Let's nin- call it Ninjago. It's Ninjago from the same guy who wrote the Lloyd joke. So... <laughs> That's that's my whole joke. What are we doing next? <laughs> oh, we see movies at Alamo Drafthouse. Yes, we do. Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Maltin. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Chris Vermin's boss. I'm Martin Starr. Welcome to the Alamo Drafthouse. Uh, this week at the Alamo Drafthouse, <laughs> uh, starting Wednesday, since today's Monday, uh, uh, Geeks Who Drink is going to be there at 7 p.m. at the Little Thin location. That's every, yep. every week. Uh, the Barfly is sh- having... Ham on rye with summer browning. Uh, Barfly does a lot of like poetry and things like that. I'm guessing that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, Thursday, there's no event scheduled at the Littleton location, but at Sloan's Lake, you can say you can see "Don't Break Down," a film about Jawbreaker. Mm. All right. Uh, Friday, the Littleton location is presenting "They Live" with live wrestling. Oh God, that sounds awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Sloan's Lake is showing Reanimator and Beer Fest. I always thought Beer Fest was kind of overrated. Um, I already it's a fun it movie. Oh no, thanks to you. <laughs> yeah, but you can go see it in the big screen. That's true. It's worth it. That's true. Uh, on Saturday, the Littleton is showing Beetlejuice and Evil Dead Two again. Sloan's Lake is having a My Little Pony the movie serial party. Hairspray, nineteen eighty eight. So you can see John Waters. Yeah. Be weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sunday, My Little Pony is also showing at Littleton serial party. Uh, Littleton is also showing The Craft. Um. And the free victory screening of Psycho is also happening at Sloan's Lake. Ooh. That would be fun. I've, have you watched Psycho on a big screen before? No, I have not. It's fun. Like, it, I mean, like, I, I usually hope there's a bigger crowd because you sometimes get some people that have never seen it and they're seeing it for the first time and you actually hear reactions. Nice. Um, I did it at Esquire at midnight once and I actually, I think it was a packed house, and there were more people there that hadn't seen it than had seen it. Hmm. So it was interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I guess I figure everyone would see it, but not everyone likes film like I think I it's do. like everyone knows the twist, but it's such an effective film that you mm-hmm. that you can feel the tension and feel the scares with it. You know? Yep. Didn't we have a message this week about Gene Hackman? Oh, yeah. Where was that? Uh, Glenn wanted us to do a roundtable discussion of Gene Hackman's. So that fan mail? I guess. Fan mail! Welcome to fan mail. <laughs> We're really good hey, at interstitials this week. We hardly ever get fan mail, so every opportunity we, we do can, get fan mail. We do get fan mail. I just 
edit it out if it's not good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. I, I remember the days so when we I used get a lot to, of like, terrible fan mail. I used to beg yeah. people to send us their spam because I thought it would be funny. <laughs> and now we just get like, here's, <laughs> movies a bit, and I'm like, I don't want anyone. Here's it. a credit card application. <laughs> um, There's a prince in Nigeria that wants. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was an interesting question. That's why. And I thought yeah. I almost like went ahead and put together a top 10 list and then I didn't quite have time. But also because when I was looking at it and he's right. There's so many freaking amazing Gene Hackman Number films. Number one, The Replacements. Really? No. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, if you were serious, that's I, fair. I would have thought you were going to say ants. Um, <laughs> uh, there's, there's, a, there's a few really important ones, like Mississippi Burning I've actually never seen. Oh, God. Um, I know. I know. Stop looking at me You need like to see that. it once. Yeah. Um, I, I, I could watch it again and again. But I think he's amazing in like, The Quick and the Dead mm-hmm. and Unforgiven and Crimson Tide and The Mexican Royal and Bounds. Behind Enemy Lines. He's really good in Behind Enemy Lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and a lot of good movies. Yeah, and don't forget he spilled some soup into Peter Boyle's crotch in Young Frankenstein. He did. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so the 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 message is: can we <laughs> should do a roundtable discussion of your ten favorite Gene Hackman films? And Brad's like, I don't know if I've seen enough Gene Hackman to make a list. I, I think I've seen probably exactly ten. I think I don't know. So well, yeah, we'll think about it, or maybe we'll integrate it into a show one time. Yeah. It'd be good to figure out, like, yeah, it'd be good to plan for it because for something like, again, there's so many on his list that I'm like, oh, man, I've never seen Power. Maybe he's amazing in Power. Maybe Power is his best film. Hoosiers is a good movie. Hoosiers is a good movie. Yeah. I own Hoosiers. I haven't seen it yet. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Dad. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. I haven't seen it. (laughs) I own it. (laughs) Haven't watched it. There you go. He's in... I know what the best Gene Hackman movie is because he's in Spider-Man Once Upon a Time, The Superheroes, which is like an old 80s Spider-Man movie. Sure. I've never seen that Spider-Man. It's really hard to find him. It's a documentary about the history of Marvel Comics. Well, then it is the best one. Yep. There you go. Anyway. Mm, I'm, I'm going to say Quest for Peace, but we should have our own fever. I was going to say, I, I bet he's in that Spider-Man documentary as a clip from Superman. I bet. Oh, he might yes. be, yeah. yeah. He might be. Because they're probably talking about, like, you know, for a split se- couple seconds about DC, like, their rivals. See, that's so tough, because I think Superman is, like, or actually, I think Superman's a great movie, but yeah. I don't think he's that good in it. And I might be the only yeah. one, because everyone talks about how they like Hackman in it, but I, I think he's too, like, over the top in it. Yeah, it's yeah. not great. Well, he's, make, he's doing his own interpretation of Lex Luthor. Yeah, yeah. I know. And, and it was, like, 78. It's... And it is shitty DC. Mm, I forgot about the shitty DC part. Yeah. But the score's real good. Hope they use that again. I heard they are. <laughs> yeah. They should. Anyway, maybe we'll do that sometime. We also watch movies throughout the week in a segment I call What We've Been Watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. There we go. Like, I, I changed finally, it this week. Finally, one good interstitial segue. Like, shit. Zach, what'd you watch this week? Not that much. Um, I got God. my... Good. I um <laughs> I uh I I I covered all my bases this week in case we decided to all do switch around so I in addition to this week's movie I saw Battle of the Sexes oh, cool. the same day so I did a double feature It's really good. Um uh I know you saw it cuz I saw it on your um you totally uh, ruined my prank today. Your, oh. Um I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess Brad didn't see American Made. 
<laughs> well, I mean, if you check his Instagram, I'll figure something else out. <laughs> um, I'll salvage this bit. Yeah, no. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hand it over to a real writer. Okay, yeah. So I saw Battle of Sexes. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I no, I feel bad for ruining your. No, joke. let's talk about it together. Yeah. Um, cats out of the bag. I thought it was good. Um, pretty standard biopic. Like, I think it. I was disappointed that. Well, it is a good movie, but was, it, it's not. I'd say like. 30% of it is the actual title game for yeah. the movie. Oh, yeah. Most oh. of the movie is actually just uh, uh, Billy jo- Jean King's relationship with her... Lover. Her, f- you know, under... Uh, I'm trying to find the right word. She's a lesbian. So. But, like, down the down low. Yeah, the down low, yeah. yeah. So she's so hiding it from her husband, but her husband knows because her husband's not stupid. You uh, wanted the movie to be more about the tennis match i mean that's what was advertised because they kind of make make it seem like an even split of um yeah that's bobby riggs versus billy oh, Jean king but you, he's you just mean a... literally the tennis match like you don't mean that 30 percent of the movie is about watching them play tennis you mean only 30 percent of the movie is about setting up the tennis match no about 30... 30 minutes of the movie is the actual network television event battle of the sexes yeah, Billie Jean King versus Bobby Riggs. The other seventy percent is Billie Jean King's gay relationship, and the setup, and Steve Carell setting up the match. Yeah, like the, oh, it's, that's yeah, I that's actually what I think there's, I think there's an even split between the two. Mm. But see, here's the thing: I would have said what uh, you said in terms of like it's mostly just that and not what was advertised. I got I got the uh, the Billie Jean King element kind of ruined for me on a news segment on CBS. So. I knew that this was going to be part of the movie. Um, I figured so, it was going to be, but it's a it, it's it, more of a it's more of a Billie Jean King biopic than it is like a biopic oh, of the match, which is what oh, the okay. I know. Well, I mean, now I see what the movie is advertising. Yeah. To be it fair, as, when you've got like those two in the movie, you've it it it's it's smart to technically sell to it the way they're really selling yeah. it. I thought you were saying like, oh man, I'm really disappointed in Cool Runnings. I thought the whole movie was going to be the one time they went down the slope. And I was like, oh. But yeah, no, that, I, thought I see like what you're saying. I thought it was a spy versus spy, like, you know, Billie Jean King versus Robbie, Bo- Bobby Riggs, like back and forth through the whole movie. I'm not saying it was bad. Yeah. I'm just saying like, I was surprised that a movie that sold me as like the build up to the match was yeah. actually more of like you, you weren't expecting Billie Jean King's gay relationship movie well you, it you were fine. you were expecting uh uh the warcraft movie and what you got was um rocky if rocky was a gay woman that is a weird analogy <laughs> yeah I, I, have, I have no yeah, idea what he's uh, trying to draw there <laughs> you okay you but, having a stroke there buddy oh no, i'm okay. great uh, so. no but i i mean made total I, sense in my head i think it's good i think steve carell is like from the past couple of movies he's done, he's shown that like he's like he's on his acting game. Like it's he's not the primary focus here, but what he's delivering is actually pretty good. It's like there's 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 moments where I feel bad for his character, even though he is a total m- misogynistic asshole throughout the entire. Well, the movie thing. paints like, it as a, it's an act. Like yeah. he doesn't actually feel that way, but he because of his gambling problem, mm-hmm. um, he's just trying to. He's a hustler, so and he's trying to get back in the graces of his wife, mm-hmm. um, which also there's irony. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, like I said, it's it's all an act, so it's it's yeah, it's, it's very pro. Profi- Sorry, I, I was trying to say the 
thing that's the other thing that's weird is his like supplement cocktail maker. Mm-hmm. It's I thought it it did a little disservice to the story because suddenly it almost seems like it make having that element to the story kind of it sounds kind of makes it seem like Bobby Riggs was too intoxicated to win that match. And so it diminishes Billy Jean King's win. Uh, oh, interesting. I think that would be something to look up in the history thing. Cause like it, I don't know what's in those actual pills. Cause like all you, all you, all I'm seeing when I'm seeing it initially is, is that he's just taking a shit ton of vitamins that like, or placebos or right. whatnot, you know, but it, I don't know the the way the movie made it seem like is like that guy was like a snake oil salesman. Yeah, just but selling a bunch of stupid mean shit. He was like high the entire time or anything like that. I know, but just the movie kind of like having that element like misinterpreted. Like maybe I am. Mm-hmm. Just I mean, it diminishes Billie Jean King's win, which I think is a disservice to the movie. So mm-hmm. I didn't like that element to it because interesting. They do a lot of uh, good work, you know, being uh, pro feminist and all that, and then all of a sudden. Like the big title game, which is also shot pretty blandly. Like it's almost like just watching, which is the, all the '70s stuff. Like the aesthetic to it is like really faithful, mm-hmm. cool, and everything, and great. But then all of a sudden, like you have this opportunity to recreate that match, and most of it's still like you're watching it as you did in the '70s, which I actually think was uh, a benefit to the film. I understand though what you're saying that you had a chance to be more dynamic with the way the camera moves. Yeah, you're recreating it. Like you yeah. can show. From another their side pers- and especially yeah. from their perspective too and there's a couple shots of like that but like overall it's just it's either television shot or it's like them facing each other and it's and it's interesting because like i guess the reason i liked it is because they stayed faithful to the fact that this was in the end of the day like one big spectacle ex- exhibitionist event at the end of the day presented by abc on television and the way it edits um to lead up to them actually starting the match is i thought it was actually pretty clever so in order to homage it while at the same time not necessarily drawing too much attention to it, I don't feel like it. It doesn't. It it doesn't like take me out of it. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I, I like the film. Um, it, it's a pretty looking film. Like it, it. It. I mean, it looks like it was shot on 70 stock. Man, I got it. It was. It was shot on film. Yeah. No. No. But yeah. I, I'm saying like the actual stock that would have been available then. Like, yeah. Because stock 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 style changes. So. It's easier to do that when it's shot on film. Yeah. So. Um. But yeah, I liked that. Um, I got my Porky Pig collection um, on DVD, um, and um, the the restorations on those cartoons are fucking magnificent. Yeah, pretty good for a DVD. I know. I I was sorry. Like, I'm sick, so I'm like trying to like focus and yeah. Anyways, no, yeah, no, no, it's no. I understand. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about it. No, I yeah, I watched the uh, first disc. Okay. Did you? How much did you watch? I got the through the first disc and through the first five of the second disc. It's uh the. The trajectory of Porky Pig is pretty fascinating. For people who don't know, Porky Pig was actually the first um, cartoon star for Looney Tunes, but he didn't start out as a star. He started in... Um, it's I Haven't Got a Hat. I Haven't Got a Hat. And he's just a schoolmate of the main character. His name is Beans. Beans. <laughs> he's a little cat kid. Mm-hmm. And when he goes up there, he's, you know, Porky has a stutter and he's funny. And then the next cartoon he's in, he's a middle-aged, super fat pig whose daughter is gonna marry beans if they get gold and it's, and it's weird i think they were trying to push a weird catchphrase on us that didn't catch on which was a <laughs> yeah well actually i laughed pretty hard at the end so um oh yeah so the the setup is is they're in this gold rush era of era town. of town and porky says if you go save uh my 
gold, then you can marry my daughter. So Beans drives up there, gets this bag of gold and uh, gets down there from like the railroad baron. I don't know, guys. And he gives it to Porky. He's like, here's your gold. And he opens just a big sandwich. <laughs> He's like, gold? 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 Nothing. That's my lunch. <laughs> That's my lunch. Uh, like, I, actually, I laughed really hard the the World War One like... Oh, the Doughboy one. Well, no. Well, it's... It, I mean, it, yeah, it's like anyway. yeah, Porky Pig and uh, a couple of the other characters, Beans and... What's the little... I forget the little girl's name. Yeah. But they're just basically acting out like World War II trench warfare stuff. I mean, it would have been World War One at that I point. I mean, World War One. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, World War One, And I just thought it was really funny. It was interesting is like watching some of that stuff like... So there's obviously still some film scratch because some mm-hmm. of these cartoons didn't get the best attention until now. <laughs> but um, what was interesting is like just watching the way the lines move and whatnot for those black and white ones. Yeah. The color one, obviously you get the color, so that pops out more. With these black and whites, like you can see some animation lines and whatnot. Yeah, some of the early yeah ones. it's fine. Uh, and I really loved. It might have been his first or second one where he was the star, mm-hmm. and uh, he's he goes into the Airman Corps, mm-hmm. and he's trying to say his name. My name's put My name's put He's like, just write it down. And so he writes P dash P dash P dash P dash P. It's like you can see the genesis of Looney Tunes really starting there. And uh, people don't know, Bugs Bunny got his start in a unofficial start in a Porky Pig cartoon, and so did Daffy Duck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, Por- and the cartoons are funny. I think the the Daffy one is Porky's Duck Hunt, which I haven't yeah. gotten to yet, but I've seen it before. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, it's good. The commentaries are interesting. Yeah. Um. Some of them are by super fans, though. They're not even just by film historians, which mm-hmm. I think is fascinating because what a historian thinks is important and what a fan thinks is important is sometimes they're boring though. I listened to a film historian talk about the bride of Frankenstein and it, I wanted to gouge my eyeballs. Out. <laughs> <laughs> See, for me, that's just how I fall asleep is like, Oh, that's, this is good either. <sighs> but you could tell the dude, the film historian was reading from an essay. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, oh. it's it, he might've been reading from an essay he wrote. Like that's how they do it for criterion. Sometimes like, yeah, the they, film historians. They, yeah. They're they sound boring. like they're reading from their texts. Um, Rudy Belmer is the only one I feel that gets actually interested in his in this the stuff he's I just, the about. only part of me they should talk about was happening on screen i think so too I, it just it's just it's annoying when he's like james well when he was dreaming and what the fuck does it have to do with mary shelley standing right you want to be like will you shut up frankenstein's killing somebody <laughs> yeah. I, um, uh, but yeah no porky pig is great it's astounding to me that that's actually even made mm-hmm. and that it's you know it's on demand so they make them as you order them so make sure you order it if you have any interest in at, fir- at first, when I opened the, the the package from Amazon, I looked at it and I'm like, "This looks like a bootleg." I know. Did I right? get the right item, and I looked on it because it has like DVD written in weird font on, <laughs> yeah. the, on the spine, and I was like, "Is this fake?" And I looked at everything, and I checked my disc. The only thing that I noticed is that I must have gotten one of the ones that are on demand, as mm. opposed to the ones that were factory printed for the first couple runs, because mm. the, at the top of the on your computer. It will read the disc, and it'll usually say the title of the film. At the top of the disc, the label was like a number. Hmm. So I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Like, I think the... mine was made on demand too, but it doesn't. I don't know because I have well, like you're, a smart TV. Well, so. yeah, you were probably watching it on your TV. Yeah. I was watching it on my computer, so that's kind of probably where that happened. But yeah, so any interest in por- uh, classic animation, I think you should get it. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's great, and it's, it was really inexpensive too. Yeah, for considering bucks. like all the stuff you get, you get a hundred cartoons. So hundred and one. Hundred one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was off by one. Yep. Um, and then um, only other thing I watched this week was I rewatched some Stranger Things because it's just in the gotta mood. get ready. Well, yeah, gotta get yeah, ready for that thing ready. called season two. Um, it's cool. I like it. I mean, I've said yeah. it before. I like it. So just rewatching it. That's fun. Not much to talk about. So that's all I watched this week. Brad. Not a lot for me either. Um, 
first I watched Forrest Gump. I haven't seen it since the 90s. It's great. Um, yeah, it's a fine film. It's interesting. The, the thought I had through most of it was they don't make just character epics anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's no uh, like explosive, you know. Fake biopic. Drama. Huh? It's a fake biopic. Yeah, that is kind of what which it is. is. Yeah, which is, which is a cool structure. Right, yeah, but now, just now a movie about emotions and like yeah. life and stuff. They don't really. That's if they do, it's like in Manchester it's, it's by the, the Sea. Mayan, yeah, yeah. Well, or boring in that case. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like that's that's what that's turned and into. Yeah, you take like that those, back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just not a lot of feel good part. movies and yeah. Um, Mud. No, that's actually got some murder in it. Never mind. So yeah, that's that's nice. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, that's um, great. Yeah, do you want some ice cream, Brad? And then our, uh, I didn't realize uh, uh, Bubba was—he's like the in twenty-four. He's the CTU director. Yeah, I think season nine. I don't remember. It goes to nine. Well, yeah. I, or I think nine is the uh, <laughs> is live the, another day the, yeah, season. Another day. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. it's the season before that. Whenever, or it's, is it the New York one? I don't remember. I think he's the New York director. I don't, I don't remember what he looks like in Forrest Gump. It's been a while since I've seen that, too. That's a good movie. I should watch that, too. Um, yeah, it was just one of those Netflix recommends things. So, uh, And then the last thing I saw is two episodes of Star Trek Discovery. Hey! James, did you watch it, too? I did. Yeah. I've only seen the first two. Yeah. But I accidentally let my... Well, spoilers for my review. I accidentally let my all-access uh, renew... So I'm gonna watch <laughs> four more episodes. Yep. I'm gonna. But can't you watch them on TV too? No. Just the first one. Just, Just the, the first, first one. one. I thought they were showing so them like my, on Saturday or something. Yeah. They you they wa- my parents watched the first one on TV and then you got to the end and we're like, wait, we have to pay what to see what? I was I was arguing about this before because I was like, you know, for Rick and Morty, I, I don't stay up late and I don't have a DVR. I ha- I pay for cable, but like. The cable box isn't even hooked up. I only pay for cable because it makes my internet cheaper. So with Rick and Morty or Halt and Catch Fire, I just buy the whole season on Amazon. And then every, you know, the day after the episode airs, it's on Amazon and I watch that episode, you know, and I pay like $24 for the season and I get the whole season and I own it and I watch it without commercials. If you haven't played for CBS All Access yet, there's two options for your subscription. There are. So if you buy the normal version, it's like $7 a month. And it's going to take you three or four months to watch the whole show. So if you do the math, you're going to end up paying, you know, somewhere around $28 to watch Star Trek uh, Beyond. And by the end of it, you won't own it. And you will watch commercials the whole time. Because you have to watch commercials during All Access unless you pay $10 a month to watch. I thought it was 12 Oh, I think it, I think it was nine ninety nine. I thought it was six ninety nine and nine ninety nine. It was double digits when I uh, applied. Oh, oh, you know, maybe they got so many subscribers. They're like, hey, we got to raise these prices, man. We can't just let let anybody watch this shit. The shit, by the way, everything else on CBS, they transmit through the air to your television so using government oxygen. So is Star Trek the only show that's like, exclusive? exclusive to they're going to do some other ones, and they'll give you lots of commercials about the other shows you can watch on CBS All Access while you watch. This isn't a Star Trek review. This is this oh. is a, this is a CBS condemnation. So let me be clear: if Star Trek were good, <laughs> I would totally pay. 
I bought another version of Firefly on Blu-ray <laughs> that before the show I even said is literally the same discs in a different cardboard box and I paid $20 for it because it was dope as hell and I like supporting things that I like and I love Star Trek and I've been watching Star Trek my whole life. It pains me to think of watching another episode of this obnoxiously written piece of shit insulting to any Star Trek fan garbage that they have put Star Trek on and for it to have dropped this low from how great I was excited uh, when, when you know, um, uh, Brian Fuller was going to make this, like, for it to be this obnoxiously bad is is just awful. Um, I don't even... I. Uh, uh, I'm not laughing at your pain. I'm just laughing no, at your enthusiasm. For it's your so annoying. <sighs> I didn't hate it that much, <laughs> but it it was pretty boring. It's um, really boring. So there's a Vulc- a human that's raised by Vulcans, specifically Sarek. Her name is Michael Burnham. You know, because the only well we can go to is conversations about logic versus rational. Like, uh, and how edgy is it to have a traditionally male name attached to a female character. Yeah, I guess that's cool. Um so right away the Starfleet officers are not the embodiment of Roddenberry's vision. No. They are very flawed. Um and dumb. Snarky and dumb. Um They they like there's literally a scene maybe in the first 10 minutes where two of them are just squabbling over a console. Yep. Like like oh no, no, let me read the buttons. You're like what the fuck this is not the ideal version of humanity. They are not working together. No. Everyone has like their own agenda. Um, the dialogue's pretty terrible in places. Um, like very tritely written. Like it's almost like they're killing time walking around that desert oh, yeah. because they have to hit 45 minutes or something. Well, and even that whole desert sequence for that to be the first like cool reveal of like, look at these smart characters is again, insulting to Star Trek fans who like, what Star Trek fans really want is a smart show that's talking about humanity and these big ideas and veiled inside of some cool sci-fi kind of things, right? And they care about, or we care about, the science at least being, you know, we want the science to make sense as far as you get to the point where somebody's just rambling off blurbs about like, oh, we've got a breach in the blah, 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 blah. And then we all like stop listening, but we you at least have an excuse for what it is. The fact that the first reveal of the show, which spoilers, is like, oh, our radios aren't working, so we got to figure out how the ship can find us. Let's walk in a giant circle shaped like a Starfleet symbol so that that way from fucking space they're going to see our footprints in a desert that are still there after two hours of walking in the desert because there's apparently no wind. Like, it, even that alone, first thing I was like, fuck, oh no. <laughs> this, is, this is worse than why is the Enterprise underwater? I'm fine with the Enterprise being underwater at the beginning of Into Darkness, but the being able to see footprints from space because we don't our radios don't work. Like, come on! They might not have been in space. They might have been in the lower atmosphere. Anyway, um, why don't their radios just work? And so most of the story revolves around apparently the Klingons have been out of commission for about a hundred years. It's very confusing. Which is confusing because early in the story, the Michael Burnham character is orphaned because the Klingons attacked and killed their family. Right. But that's why also she has a grudge for, against them. Yeah, but they've been missing for a hundred years. So she's a hundred years old? I don't know. But she's not a Vulcan. But also, 
like it's there's just one ship and then apparently the entire empire still exists yes and they've just been hanging out in this like asteroid field next to a sun that's contracting yeah and so they stumble onto well, a, it a satellite gets just gets damaged yeah. so so this this main ship not the discovery uh which is important the shinzo the shinzo uh is there to investigate the satellite and then because they can't get into the asteroid field and because there's a squiggly dot on their screen she's like well why don't you shoot me from a cannon out in a spacesuit to go look at this thing because she's dumb all their plans are dumb they argue about dumb things and then she accidentally kills a klingon while she's on the ship yeah so she starts a war with the klingons and i i I felt there was so much promise because the episode starts with the Klingons and I yes. feel like he's giving a speech about wanting peace. And so I'm like, oh, there's going to be like some diplomatic confusion and like they're going to go to war over something that is unintentional. Yes. And then by the end of the episode, you realize he's just another madman. Yes. Who wants to destroy things because he, you know, his race no longer has pride or they've been weakened because of Starfleet. Right. So it's just the traditional story. What they got wrong is this whole episode could have taken place in a room where there's a Klingon and a person and the whole episode is them talking and arguing about things and and there's like good dialogue and some of them like misinterpret things and like there's some problems and they have to come and then they end up insulting each other and they leave and that would have been a better episode than these two two episodes were like because he ends up yeah he ends up being this guy who who sort of wants to be martyred to start a war but he doesn't really have any motivations like this guy has fewer understandable motivations than um uh not ronin um the guy from from jj abrams first star trek movie right like nero like yeah nero right like all you needed to do is like, at least one scene where he's like they killed my family i hate those white like he's actually just a white supremacist took my family. <laughs> which is kind of interesting like to basically be like hey i don't like I don't like Starfleet because they come in and they strip whole societies and races of their individuality and make them all like Star Trek, Starfleet. But you know how that would have been a lot more interesting in a courtroom where they're trying to like where they get sent to Klingon to have a conversation, and be like, "Hey, we want you to join Starfleet," and Klingons are like, "You guys ruin everything." And you gentrify every nation you come to and we don't like it and you're going to take away what makes us special. And like that would have been a great episode and I would have really wanted to pay $20 to rent episodes and watch commercials. <laughs> but man, like I will say the production values are, are pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's a gorgeous for, looking show. Yeah. It's, it's like cinema quality effects and stuff. Um, and then the, the opening title stuff. Is a little like it's tame, but it's it's like that artsy HBOE intro. It's very Star Trek Enterprise. Even like, light, like, yeah. The, I mean, I like Star Trek Enterprise more, but yeah, yeah. Like the graphics are cool, but like the tune is very mellow. It's not it's not very rousing. Like it, the best Star Trek shows have been. I will also voice my mom's concerns because her her first complaint was that the Klingons don't look like Klingons, and she doesn't mean the makeup. She actually just means the costumes because they're all like glittery and like like they're flashy yeah like they don't look like cool and all the Klingons are bald yeah and they don't have their weapons are all like overly fancy and weird now mm -hmm. like like uh, if they just had a batleth i'd have been like okay 
They're cl- oh, there was I'm one batleth, but it was. But it's a, a bat. It's a batleth. batleth. Yeah, it's like a batleth with like weird, weird shapes on it. Like it's yeah. not a normal. It's supposed to be a pre-Kirk uh, Star Trek. So I don't know what universe styles. this takes place in. Yeah, we'll f- we'll find out. There's a preview for episode three at the end of uh, episode two, and it almost feels like that's where the actual series starts. Yeah, because it's 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 very more <laughs> because the first two episodes and the, the episodes they use to market the show don't have the Star Trek Discovery in it. Yeah, or the Starfleet Discovery. The Discovery doesn't show up until episode three, um, because so spoilers for the end of the second episode. Like your main character does all these ridiculous dumb nonsensical things including Vulcan neck pinching her captain um, mm. and and she does it to try and commit genocide and kill a bunch of Klingons which is also not very Star, Star Trek um, and she has no real reason or, or motivation to do so and then she ends up like they, uh, they survive sort of and then she goes to jail at the end so everything that happens at the beginning is like the backstory of like why she's in jail. Episode one and two are like episode zero. Yeah. It could be if this show suddenly got new writers and they're, they got better performances out of their actors starting in episode three, this could be great. Where if, if starting in episode three, it becomes more about like, hey, other Star Trek shows have always been about your captains and your guys on the, your guys who have colored shirts. And these are really about the grunts and the people who are lower and the people who maybe aren't in Starfleet and really exploring the universe from a different point of view uh, and maybe showing sort of the the downside of this whole society and that maybe it wasn't ever as perfect as as, as we portrayed it. While I disagree with that motivation, I think that that could be an interesting show. I have absolutely zero faith that, that that's what they're going to do. But I guess now I'm going to suffer through at least four more episodes before I can finally cancel my CBS All Access <laughs> So what you're saying is you should not boldly go watch the show. Well, I would I like to boldly go home. Turn off his mic. I'd like to boldly <laughs> fire everyone involved. Every time I see like an article about like, oh, you might have to wait till 2019 to see season two. I'm like, <laughs> you might have to wait till season <laughs> till 2019. Uh, this could be the final frontier for that show. Yeah, Turn off his mic. <laughs> Turn it off. Don't worry, I won't go. I won't go for a third. So that's one. it for me this week. No, I literally turned it off this time. <laughs> James, uh, yeah, I watched Star Trek Discovery, um, and then not not a whole lot Starts else. Starts in the beginning. I got a, I got a, I got a switch. <laughs> nice. Um, oh. So I spent a lot of time just playing SteamWorld Dig, which is awesome. If you have a switch, you should go get SteamWorld Dig. Did you get a gray um, switch or the color switch? I got the gray switch uh, because that's the one they had at Walmart at the time I went, um, and also because I was, uh, yeah, I think that's the one I wanted. You know, I mean, I like a splash of color, but uh, at the same time, you know, the Splatoon one's out, right? And it's like green yeah, and so purple. You can get that one at Walmart, yeah. but but then you and you end up paying sixty dollars more because you have to buy Splatoon, right? It's not you, it, there's no yeah. it's not a deal. It's not like hey, pay three hundred dollars and you get free Splatoon, um, but it's like a it's like a purple and a lime green, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which is pretty cool. If I were gonna, if I wanted to, I would just wait and get the Mario one, but I was convinced to go ahead and get one because. I was talking to Rafe, and A, there were some games that he was like, oh, you should play X, Y, and Z. Uh, and then the other thing was he was like, yeah, the closer you get to Mario, the harder they're going to be to find, which ended up being true because the first Best Buy I went to, they were sold out of Switches. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to get one now so that, that way I have one. Um, and it's been great. I really enjoy it, and the battery life is great, so I can just like get in bed and, and play games and then pass out. Anyway. Uh, I think it's Zelda. 
uh, Dan, my roommate, has Zelda, so I'm just borrowing his copy of Zelda. So, um, because I've never been a huge Zelda fan, but I figured like I'll at least play it. It's at least something to get me through till the 27th when I can play Mario. You can't have a Switch and not play Zelda. Um, <laughs> it's pretty good. I've I've hit people with sticks, and I I like shooting guys in the face with arrows. Um, that's pretty all right. Um, and then uh, I started rewatching Freaks and Geeks because uh, I got Brooks watching Freaks and Geeks. And uh, that show was amazing. I've, I haven't seen it in a couple of years. And, man, those especially that first episode is just so damn strong. Um, and then I forgot how quickly it moves. Like, by, by episode three, you're already tar- taking villains from the first episode and turning them in, in, into, like, sympathetic, lovable characters. Because mm-hmm. one of the things I said to her, like, after that first episode, I was like, see all those crazy characters? Even, like, Seth Rogen? Like, all these characters who are barely in the show right now are all going to get really great, heartfelt stories so that by the end of the season, every single person in this pilot you're going to feel for and and really love. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I mean, that show is just such a perfect little thing uh, that I I still think is probably the best thing that Judd Apatow has ever done. Um, still love it when the guidance counselor goes to that bar and starts singing I'm 18 by Alice Cooper. Yeah. It's like, that's adorable. Uh, man, yeah. I mean the be- uh, the best episode is Bill's episode when when his mom starts dating um the PE teacher mm-hmm. and like his day is stressful and shitty and he hates it and he comes home and watches Steve Martin on the TV mm-hmm. and the credits roll and you're like oh okay yep mm-hmm. so anyway I also, I also like the one where their uh, Seth Rogen uh, is dating the yes the the girl and then uh, he's having the conversation with um John Francis Daly's character I can never remember his name um fuck <sighs> Sam. Oh yes, Sam. Yeah. And they, she's like, oh, "My girlfriend didn't like the jerk." And Seth Rogen's like, "My girlfriend loved the jerk." <laughs> like, yeah, that's one of my favorite lines right. from the show. Like interactions, yeah. at least. So. No, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, it's, yes. It's yeah. not as good as the Bill episode, but it's. Oh no, 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 no! I mean, but that's a perfect example where, like, you watch that first episode and Sam is like pining after this this cheerleader girl, and you go like, "Oh, this is gonna end badly. <laughs> this is gonna end realistically." Oh, really? Right? Like, yeah. what? A, what a beautiful story of the way that this shit works, where like. You have those, you know, oh, man, there's just the prettiest girl in school. And and he tells this story of the geek finally getting, like, the pretty girl, and she doesn't like the jerk, and she's actually really annoying, and everything, she, like, her family is no fun, and she's not actually fun to be around. And, like, then he <laughs> then he has to decide whether or not to break up with her. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's a great, very real, honest show mm-hmm. um, that's on Netflix, and you can watch it anytime, and you should. Mm-hmm. So, that was taken off. Ryan? Uh, this week I didn't watch too much. I I really just rewatched stuff. I rewatched Wonder Woman. Um, it looks great on 4K. Um, uh, Chris Pine's great in it. Uh, Gal Gal Gadot is great, and um, yeah, I just enjoy that movie. It's really fun. Uh, I rewatched uh, Underworld Blood Wars in 4K. There you go. <laughs> Hell yeah. We're going to stop the war just because. (laughs) The fourth worst film of the year. Well, maybe. Uh, I don't know yet. Um, You know, it's still fun. It's so silly. It is. I watched it and slowed it down a little bit. I mean, they do explain a little more. Because I swore there, you just like, like, get out of here. Okay, (laughs) see you later. (laughs) Which still kind of happens, but there is a little more build up to it. Um, there's a little more reason behind. Yeah, there's it. a little <laughs> slight reason. <laughs> Reasons a strong word, Zach. Yeah, I, the thing I do like about the underworld is, is all the actors <laughs> always come back. 
Except for Scott Speedman. What the fuck is Scott Speedman doing right now? I know. Didn't he get killed, though? I no. thought that's what was in the... Yeah, well, he did. Yes, but only because he didn't come back. Yeah, only because like, he didn't come back. Oh, well. Scott yeah. Speedman's got to do those cameos in the Stranger Directors oh. movies. Yeah, because he was in one and two, and then Awakenings, he doesn't come back. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, he was in... Yeah, he was in The Monster for five minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's... Uh, I mean, it's a fun movie. Uh, and the only new movie I watch is I took my little guy to see the Ninja Go movie, the Lego Ninja <laughs> Go movie. <laughs> And, uh, is it good? So, it's great for the first 45 minutes. Oh, no. And then, so in the movie, uh, the the Green Ninja's dad is the evil guy, mm-hmm. and his name's Lloyd, and he calls him Lloyd, and he says, well, that's because I named you it, so it's not Lloyd, it's Lloyd. So that joke's really funny for a while. <laughs> um <laughs> And that show was really funny. And Dave Franco plays the Green Ninja. He's pretty great in it. Um, it opens with a live action scene with Jackie Chan and another kid. Cool. Um, Wait, it, what? Yeah. So, say that sentence again. So it opens, it opens with, with a live action sequence. Yeah, with, with Jackie between... Chan and some kid. Holy and Jackie shit. Chan is explaining to him that uh, you never know who the hero is going to be. So he takes a Lloyd action figure and moves it in front of the green ninja he says oh, so you never know who it is because everyone thinks like loves the green ninja but they hate Lloyd at school and his name's Lloyd I just think Lloyd's funny no, yeah, <laughs> and, that's, uh, that's what his dad named him yeah and so everyone doesn't like him and they always they have a song like basically like Scotty doesn't know but it's Lloyd <laughs> and so every time I forget the main bad guy's name he's played by Justin Terrio and he's great um, but he always attacks when this number one hit of it's Lloyd's fault comes on the the radio and it, it start it's really funny and it has that really, I, I was thinking as I was watching it, I love, uh, the hot shots movies and airplane and stuff because it has that really goofy sense of humor where it's not, it never makes sense, but it's always funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has that for the first 45 minutes and they kind of go on this adventure of the, uh, the dad and the son reconnecting and I, it kind of loses steam there. Um, but the, the, the setup's really funny. I, I can't remember all the jokes, but it, it works really well for the first 45 minutes. And that, I mean, I don't know who, what the fucking Ninjago is. Um, I, I know it's a line of Lego toys. Yeah, It's really just a line of Lego toys where they make a lot of ninja stuff. Yeah. And so, and I mean, Kellen like a, loved like it because it's ninjas and dragons. And so, so <gasps> there's dragons. Yeah. What? So the green ninja's uh, mech is a dragon, mm-hmm. and every and so when his dad attacks and he gets really mad at him, he's like shoot all the, the all the missiles, and it's like head missile, backup head missile, backup to the backup head missile, <laughs> and so he's like missiles. It's, it's funny, and his dad always uh, makes things out of sharks, and so his make mega mech he comes like it's like. I don't know. After he gets defeated the first time, he comes back and it shoots sharks. And when it shoots, it goes num 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 num. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff's funny. Um, yeah, that, that this all sounds like really good Lego movie jokes. Yeah, so it, it it's good and uh, it's and then it kind of peters out, but it, it's still it's still a fun movie. Kind of liked it, uh, and that's all that really matters. It, it held his interest the whole thirty uh, hour and thirty five minutes. Cool. Uh, and I, I mean, it was fun. I'm still curious to see it, but it does feel like that's way more geared toward children. Than it is. Adults. You can tell it's geared more towards um, littler kids, littler like little boys. I mean, there's still some really funny bits with uh, Justin Terrio and uh, Lloyd's mom. Mm-hmm. 
I was going to say, do you mean Justin Thoreau? Thoreau, whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> when I wrote down things he's mispronounced for the 300th episode, like that, that was one of them. In six years, <laughs> he hasn't got it right. I thought I just didn't know who he was talking about. Yeah, Chris Terrio is the writer of Batman v Superman <laughs> in some Pirates movies. And Whatever. <laughs> he's married to Jennifer Aniston. He doesn't care what I say about him. True. Um, but yeah, he's funny. Cool. He. I always like Justin Thoreau. Mm. Tor- to Justin just jt might, uh, yeah. I, I love JT's him he's great in, in the movie your highness and it's a weird yeah point. yeah he's always he's actually a really accomplished writer too mm-hmm. yeah but he's always really funny in movies he, mm-hmm. he co-wrote iron man too uh, yeah. charlie's angels full throttle everybody mm-hmm. iron man 2 that it just said Iron Man. <laughs> i know i was trying to erase charlie's angels full throttle <laughs> from the comments but he, yeah he, and he's uh, jt's really good in black snake moan yeah He's a uh, he's good in uh, different girl. JT. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. he's good on Girl on a Train. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's great in Girl on a Train. Yeah, so he's a very talented man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's why I watch this week. Sweet. What's coming out on Blu-ray? DVD releases and Blu-rays. <laughs> Goon: The Last of the Enforcers is coming out on Blu-ray this nice. week, uh, which great. is the sequel to Goon. Uh, you've been able to get it like on Amazon, I think, the last few weeks or so. But they only put it in the theaters in Canada. It's yeah. bullshit right there. Uh, yeah, that's right. Where were you going to come see it in the U.S.? <laughs> right. I mean, I wasn't going to go see it. I don't care that much about Goon, but still. You saw the first uh, one with the Sea Film Center. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Tell Knows Tales, um, <laughs> which is a movie you should not watch. He said it like Jason Mewes. <laughs> <laughs> Dead uh, Man's Tells Knows Tales? Uh, yeah, don't don't see that movie. <laughs> Don't see that. Um, the Book of Henry. Don't see that. Uh, no, that's unfair. I haven't watched it yet. I'm really excited for this to be out on Blu-ray so that I can watch it. The, regarding the Book of Henry. Yeah, regarding the Book of Henry. <laughs> wait, wait. Pirates don't see that. See? I get it. <laughs> Ocean. See? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, there's a movie called uh, A Woman's Life, which is being released by Kino. That I don't know. It looks like some kind of fancy thing. It's got a lot of names that aren't American. So maybe watch that, because that might be cool. Uh, City of Ghosts, which is something I've seen many posters for this year. I think that's a movie. I that's like on, City of Stars better. That's a, that's a, that's a movie you can watch. Uh, all right, here we go, getting to the real meat. Uh, Cult of Chucky is out on Blu-ray this week. I got mine a day early. And yeah. aren't we supposed to have a big party watching there will, that? There will that's be right. one. It's got an unrated version. Was it in theaters? No. Does so then it, it matter? It's really bizarre. So they did the same thing with uh, Curse of Chucky, where... On the Blu-ray, they have a rated and unrated version. I've never watched the rated version, so I don't know what's on it. Hmm. Weird. It might be a different cut. Like, <laughs> oh, it's, it's definitely a different well, cut. Well, not... Yeah. Like, Here's the good cut. feels better. Here's the cut with more the gore. I don't know, but. And titties. <laughs> uh, there's usually not too much nudity in Chucky movies. Really? Yeah, it's, it's more about... A, it, more, the implication is more that a doll is trying to kill you. Yeah, is it's really not gore. It's more Chucky saying fuck all the time. In those yeah. movies where Jennifer Tilly was her own doll, did mm-hmm. she? Did the doll ever get naked? Yes. In, oh, in, yeah. uh, Bride of in Chucky? Bride of Chucky, they fuck, and then they have the seed of Chucky. Is it almost one. exactly like the scene from Team America World Police? Minus I mean, without, the pissing without the and the poop. Yeah, yeah, without like, the shitting. They don't go it, as far as training. Yeah, I mean, they also play, only a woman. <laughs> He's allowed to touch me there. Well, speaking of which, or you can, a you, you can see that in the Seven Movie Collection uh, Blu-ray collection of Chucky, uh, all seven of the films. Uh, when I say all seven, I don't actually know which movies that is. Actually, I'd I'd pick that up if it has all the up to the new one. It uh, it has all of them. I mean, I, I got the the previous one because it had all of them plus Curse. Yeah. And oh yeah. Also so a it Child's Play that's like a Scream Factory too. So. Yeah, I never upgraded because. 
it didn't seem like it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Haunters, the art of the scare, is on Blu-ray this week, which is a documentary about people who make haunted houses, but I think it's different from that one that was really popular a few years ago. Does anybody remember what I'm talking about? Nope. Okay. A couple of years ago, there was a really good documentary about people who make haunted houses, and I can't remember the name. Um, so I don't know. I might check this one out because I remember that documentary being really great too. Um, so anyway. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors is getting a Blu-ray release this week with a director's cut attached to it, which has the different ending that everyone hated. Um, there's also, this isn't in the news, but they're going to release that, that version to theaters for like a day. Or hated something. or, well, it didn't the, test well. It, didn't it did test not well. test well. Yeah, you can actually, I already actually own that version. Um, I have the Digibook version. That's the oh, okay. non-Digibook version. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Interesting. Um, House of Cards season five. Yep, five. Sure, uh, is out on Blu-ray this week. If Robin you don't Ryan have a, pretty. if you don't have a Netflix account for some bizarre reason, Kevin did Spacey you know? Is he, Kevin she Spacey. is she married to or just dating Ben Foster? I just mm. learned this. I don't know. I think she's dating Ben Foster. Nice. That's a man. Great acting couple. Good, good for her. Get, go. She's like you know robbing the cradle here. Yeah. Um. He's also in game in uh, uh Freaks and Geeks. He's fantastic. Um. Criterion's putting out Vampire, 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 Vampire. Uh, Super on, influential horror film on Blu-ray. Um, so you can check that. I'm out. actually tempted to get it and watch yeah. it and give my two cents. I like yeah. it, but I haven't seen it in a while. Season four of Vikings, which is an amazing show. Uh, ooh, this is season four, volume two, which might be doing mean that they're doing that that Battlestar Galactica bullshit where they mm. take seasons and break it in half so they make more money on the Blu-ray. Which is fucking stupid. I should catch up on that show because that show's Breaking great. Breaking Bad did that too. Yeah. Um, Bram Stoker's Dracula is getting a 4K release this week if you want to see that in 4K. But more importantly, whoa. Uh, well, it's okay. Dracula. <laughs> I'm here to I'm here to sell you some real estate. I really hate I really hate that version of Dracula. Really? Fine, it's Helsing, fun. help me. <laughs> I I don't remember exactly what it was. I just I remember like yeah. There's some really awesome. All the stuff with Gary Oldman is great. great. Mm-hmm. Like the sh- the shadows, you know, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They come alive, and all of that is great. And then there's just all this nonsense that's just stupid. Anyway, um, <laughs> Bridge Over the River Kwai is on Blu-ray this week, which is an awesome, awesome movie. It's a great movie. Uh, it's a 60th anniversary edition. Um, you should check that out. It's got Alec Guinness in it, and he doesn't have a lightsaber. Uh, Sir Alec Guinness. And I think at the time he was just Alec Guinness. That's true. Just saying. Uh, Warm Bodies is also getting a 4K release. Um, like so, yeah, you should check that out. Sure. Uh, five Harknado, Global Warming, <laughs> is out this week. <laughs> It's like when Ralph Garman said, see, Batman 5, Superman. <laughs> see see what I did there? Yeah. Five Harknado. Anyway, uh, moving on. Jackals, some movie. You ever heard of Jackals? Scream Factory. Is uh, that one a Scream Factory? Original production. Oh, okay. Interesting. I haven't seen it. It's getting okay reviews. Um, yeah. yeah. I only clicked on it because it looked like it should be a Scream Factory, but then the <laughs> Blu-ray.com, that's always kind of hard to see yeah. from the from the short list. Oh, I guess it says up there. Okay, cool. That's where I'll look in the future. Uh, and then from Arrow this week, it's always easy to see theirs because the cases are clear, uh, is Children of the Corn on Blu-ray. Meh. Uh, which, uh, uh, the cover is cool. Yeah, the cover's great. And yeah. they, I mean, they, the I, Blu-ray looks great, but... I, yeah. I liked it enough, but it's a strange movie. Out of five stars, two. For me. Maybe I'd give it a half of it just because I thought it was funny that these mm-hmm. kids were... Well, one of the kids is like 25 years old, I found out. <laughs> and he's like their leader. 
And I'm like, he look something's off about this kid. I don't get it. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, unless, well, I mean, the Hallmark Home Entertainment is releasing A Heavenly Christmas, <laughs> starring Kristen Davis and Eric McCormick and Shirley MacLaine. Oh, that's a good um, pairing. Um, yeah. I, I like think, one of those people. Yeah. Guess which one. Thanks, Hallmark. Uh, is it Kristen Davis? No. I guess strong. Do I get three guesses? No. <laughs> Would you want to? Let's just look at the one name that's of classic Hollywood. <laughs> uh, yep. So that's this week. We also do a segment called Real News. It's Real News. Usually we do it earlier than this. Um, yep. Never know what I'm going to do. Sony is... uh is a news cannon for us. <laughs> Two days to retirement. <laughs> uh, Sony is talking about casting Michelle Williams to star alongside Tom Hardy in a small indie film about the dangers of romance <laughs> called, called Venom. Venom. <laughs> um, there's no way this movie is actually... I think it's supposed to film in like two months. It's, wait, no. But for real, though, when you cast Michelle Williams, this movie is no longer a superhero film, right? This is actually like a a hardcore like indie drama called venom but like the, the <laughs> word it's it's like it's like mud like it's just a word and maybe maybe his name is venom like maybe he's so got so you're saying every news movie news site in the world got it wrong from the get-go we and hope. now they're just this is and the, now they're just playing it off <laughs> it's the only thing that makes sense like they're just an utter denial <laughs> yeah uh, i mean the only thing that could get weirder is if they announce that the RZA is directing it. Like, I, I just don't, <laughs> I, I don't know how this is a thing. And by the way, if the RZA was directing Venom, starring Tom Hardy and Michelle Williams, I would see that shit. Yeah, because Man with the Iron Fist isn't terrible. Oh my god, uh, Flight of the Navigator is getting a reboot. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, when was the last time you watched Flight of the Navigator? Oh, uh, maybe six, seven years ago. Yeah. I, I just always lo- it doesn't hold up. It does well. not. But when I was a kid, I always loved the idea of flying a spaceship, oh, listening yeah. to Beach Boys. Yes. Oh, it's total. This is one of those where I can't get mad about this because this is a movie where the ideas and stuff are really cool. You could make a great movie. Yeah, I agree. This, right? Like, yeah. this is a movie that should be remade because um, there's nothing. It's not actually that good. There's no performance that's awesome. Mm-hmm. There's not like. You know, uh, any visual effects that are unbelievably cool. Yeah, the only cool. thing people are going to latch on to is the nostalgia of knowing they watched it when they were a kid. Exactly. And that's my point is, like, I watched it a lot when I was a kid. And we, we all, you know, it was one of our, like, you know, yeah. Hart Family canon films. But it's not good. I like, always remember the clamshell where it was, like, all white. Yeah. And it was him, like, with the... Yes. The shifter <sighs> ball Half, half thing. the movie is him sitting in a chair. Uh-huh. It must have cost them, like, $500 to make that movie. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, if there was a budget... It's only because the actual set is made out of real silver. Um, it's insane. But uh, another reboot, reboot that's making there that's happening um, or was announced this week is of a movie that shouldn't be remade, and that's Hocus Pocus. Um, there's no reason to remake that movie. So yeah. I've heard reboot, remake, sequel. What is it really? Uh, What's going they're, on with it? Who cares? The most recent thing is they're saying reboot, remake. Uh, but it doesn't matter because none of the original cast is in it. And I know if, Kenny Ortega is directing it, and I'm not the biggest fan of it. This is the only good thing Sarah Jessica Parker's ever done. Ed Wood? Shut up. <laughs> I was trying to say something extreme. 
Uh, my I point is, my wife with this every year. She puts it on for Halloween, and I would refuse to watch. I think the movie's awful. Hocus Pocus is great. I, it's or so awful. much fun. Brad, have you seen Hocus Pocus? Um, I don't. I'm not sure. It's I don't know. it's shitty. I don't think see I it. have. Don't see it. It's definitely when I was a kid. No, it's a it's a fun wacky movie where three witches who get hung for being witches back in the day come back from life back to life to like sing songs and haunt this family and eat virgins. I think it came out the same time as Ernest Scared Stupid. So You made the right choice. Ooh. No, it didn't. I like the part where they go so. up to a guy's yeah. house and but they think it's Satan and at. it's actually just some swinger in a costume. <laughs> I would put them on a similar level of of silliness that, you know, it's also, I mean, it's a TV movie. Like, I, why would you remake this thing? Is it just me or does Bette Midler in that movie kind of look like Pennywise but without makeup? Oh, totally. <laughs> yes. Um, she totally does. And that's part of why, like, if you don't cast Bette Midler, like, uh, no. No. Beaches. No. <laughs> this movie shouldn't be made. That's a movie she made. Uh, here's another reboot or remake uh, or or weird sequel. Um, Shaft. Oh, boy. Uh, so Netflix did just something weird. The only reason this is news is because basically Netflix is distributing this movie digitally outside of the U.S. So inside the U.S., the new Shaft movie will look and feel and be distributed the same way as any other movie. But if you're international, um, like two weeks, I think, after the release in the U.S., you will just be able to watch Shaft on Netflix, um, okay. which is just interesting. Uh, it, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. That might become the way of things. But at the same time, there's so much mo- money to be made internationally um but if it's a way that a movie like you know if shaft is too americanized for like international audiences to really give a shit about then it's entirely possible that that's a really good distribution model that you know that's kind of my fear is that this is like it's it's a very american movie yeah because of like it just what it the first one was about this new one is is like the son of shaft who was samuel jackson who's the nephew of shaft who is richard roundtree Right. All so right. they're turning it into a 21 Jump Street kind of thing, which yeah. I think kind of demeans the purpose of that film, but whatever. Yeah, that, that's too bad. Ernest Scared Stupid came out in 91, and Hocus Pocus was 93, so no. I'm completely misinformed. They were both on TV at the same time. By the time they were showing Scared Stupid on TV on the Disney Channel or on Net, on Nickelodeon or whatever, For they like, were also showing the you know Hocus Pocus. Okay. For like Disney Channel so Halloween can, nights or whatever. I only ever saw them in the theater, so that's irrelevant to me. No, because Hocus Pocus was never in the theater. Yeah, it was. That's my point. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. No, I thought it was a made-for-TV movie. No. Oh. It made $34 million that year. Oh, never mind. <laughs> 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 Through <laughs> Disney subscriptions. Uh, yeah. Um, cool. Uh, Amazon is going to make Ringworld and Snow Crash into a TV show. I only mention that because that those are cool things. Uh, ooh, I'm going to move that to the end of the news section. Um, DC says that they don't really care about their movies like intertwining as much anymore like basically what they're saying is hey guys we're not trying to make the marvel cinematic universe this isn't all going to be like one big story we're we want these things to be able to stand on their own but not interact with or but not conflict with each other um i smell something bad coming in november yeah you think this is a bad sign for justice league i just they are talking a shit ton and they're reneging they reneged on that today Oh, so, did yeah, there's an updated oh. article on it. You'll have to check it out another time. But like, oh, okay. it's just, I don't know. Like, I don't think they know what they want over there. Well, I definitely but think they don't know what they want. I'm interested in Justice League, but I just I feel like they don't know. Like, it's a I feel like it's in chaos there. <laughs> but the good news is that they're going to use the original theme from uh, from Superman mm-hmm. so in a way that you cool. won't recognize unless you're really listening. Yeah, according that's... to the interview, Danny Elfman's doing the Justice League. Yeah. So he, yeah, that's. 
I think if Superman comes back, I think having the sound, the soundtrack just sprinkled in, I think it's a good idea. I mean, the Superman theme is, I mean, it's one of the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's also like... I like it. I always wonder about the, the soundtrack rights, because like, it's John Williams' score, but it's Warner Brothers' movie. Yeah, I'm sure so. Warner Brothers John Williams right doesn't the own the rights to that, yeah. Uh, I think he has the right to like play it, but I think he needs permission to distribute it. Um, the Nice Guys is getting a TV show called The Nice no, Girls. <laughs> called the nice girls where it's ladies um i just want another movie what they're they're womanizing it again yeah. what kind of country do we live in <laughs> also it should be the nice gals no yeah isn't gal girls is more demeaning than guys whereas like nice gals the nice gals the nice guy it doesn't ring as, mm-hmm. as good a bell anyway. ideas guys <laughs> um man i'm super not in the mood to talk about this but uh, there's a bunch of shit going over, uh, going on over at Alamo Draft House. They may, or it seems like they fired a guy for sexual harassment and then hired him back. Um, Tim League probably shouldn't have done that. Um, I don't know. It. I mean, it, I'm, it's, I'm, a, it's like a, it's like a Jacob's Ladder of fucking scenario. It, it, yeah. Every, one thing leads into another that leads into another thing that leads into five different things. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It just sucks. If I don't talk more about this, it's only because I'm not in the mood to talk about it, yeah. and not because. I am firmly against giving second chances to people who have used their position or proven not to be trustworthy in their position, like especially to that degree. You should fire those people, and their second chance is they get to go get a job somewhere else, uh, even if they are your friends. I'm sorry. Um, if Tim League really did what people are saying that he did, he should not. That shouldn't be okay, and he needs to come out and admit it. Um, you know, at the same time, I don't want us to necessarily just gloss over it because we like the Alamo Draft House. I love the Alamo Draft House. I will continue to support the ones in Denver certainly because they're franchises and not like they pay franchise taxes to the cor- corporate structure, but they're not led by Tim League. Um, if I were in Austin, I would I would be pretty pissed about it, um, mm-hmm. and I would be pretty vocal about it. But yeah, um, it's sad, yeah. but it's it happened. So yeah. Anyway, uh, and then the very last thing, dude, look at this picture. This is a picture of Harrison Ford punching Ryan Gosling in the face. <laughs> this is the best news of the week. I love that Harrison Ford's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't mean to, man. <laughs> Ryan, Gosling's like, Ryan Gosling is in heaven. <laughs> Harrison Ford just pit- punched me. Indiana Jones has punched me like a Nazi. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look, he's so happy. You Like, he's in pain. But he's so happy. I want that. I want to play that picture with the song. This is no ordinary love. I have the shooting of notification, but you can almost see like he clearly hit him hard enough. Harrison Ford is going to reach for his hand like, oh, shit, that hurt. <laughs> My knuckles just turned to dust. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the best news all week. Just look. Just just look. Just keep looking at it. It's just everything about this is gold. It's even like a good-looking photo, too. Yeah. So this is a still from the set of uh, Blade Runner 2049 uh, at a time. Harrison Ford looks like he's doing his best impression of Chris Cucker going, oh, damn. <laughs> oh, man. This is great. I think it was Ryan Gosling who recently like told this story at a, you yeah. know, on a chat show. Like, yeah. oh, man, he accidentally walloped me in the face. Um but yeah, it's just so good. That's a part of film history now, guys. Oh, I'm so I'm gonna make this like my my background. I want that taught at every USC class now. Oh. And then there was the day the most beautiful man on the planet was punched by another beautiful man of the planet. So good. Anyway. Sorry about that. 
Uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw American Made. Brad, did you see American Made? I did see American Made. Should people go see American Made? Meh. It's all right. Um, I, I don't know what to say about it. It's it's creative in ways, but it's it's kind of the same fall from grace drug story you've ever seen. So, um, except it's got like a uh, was it unreliable narrator? I guess. So that's that's different. I haven't seen that too much. I don't, I don't know if you call them unreliable, but yeah, I, I don't want to spoil it either. So, uh, it's 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 okay. It's it's all right. Zach, um, well, damn man, I'm on the cruise train again because this was my favorite cro- Tom Cruise movie in a while. Um, I I can't say it's like the greatest to- movie based on in this genre because I think it's ultimately a gangster movie, but it's not done as a gangster movie with the traditional characters. Um, to me, it felt like Top Gun meets Goodfellas, which actually somehow kind of worked. <laughs> um, and uh, I saw it in Dolby um, at the AMC Highlands Ranch 24, and it sounded incredible. Mm. Um, uh, and it looked incredible, too. Um, the cinematography in that film is some of the coolest I've seen this year in terms of color. Like, they made it look like a fucking 80s movie, like, to a T, uh, in my opinion. Except I for one thing. I'll talk about it later. Okay. Um, and uh, <laughs> I I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about it, but I like the way they opened it up a little bit, like starting with the Universal logo and then cutting into the 80s logo. I thought that was like it took me off guard. Um, and this is my this is I think this is one of Tom's finest performances in a while um, where where he's not playing a character we've already got. We come to know, you know, like I love Ethan Hawke, but. Like, since Tropic Thunder, I haven't seen him do something that I thought was absolutely just out of his wheelbox. And I thought this was kind of, like, unlike him. And we'll get to a certain scene later. <laughs> wait, oh, wait. Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt. Whoa. Oh, Ethan Hunt. <laughs> like, Two things. <laughs> Ethan Hawke and wheelbox. I love <laughs> I love potato chips, but this is the first time I've seen Tom Cruise be great. <laughs> James? Uh, yeah. This is the first time I've watched a Tom Cruise movie and literally thought to myself, is Tom Cruise bad? Uh, I'm serious. Um, yeah, this movie's actually, I think this movie's really interesting. This movie's really not great, but it's pretty good. Like, I, I, I was like, okay, yeah, like, I, I was always interested, but never, mm, I've used this quote a number of times. I, I felt, like, touched but never moved. Like, it was, it was one of those where it's like, here's an interesting story that should be amazing, but most of the time I'm just like, okay, I think I know where this is going. And I think because it is, so similar to so many other like gangster movies that I've seen. It's shitty um, people doing shitty things. Yeah, and, and you know, I I tend to not care about those characters very much, but this guy is actually really interesting. Um and the layers of like crazy shit that happened on top of each other are pretty cool, but um so yeah, it, it's if you're in the mood to go see a movie and it isn't Blade Runner Friday yet, then this is a movie you should go see. But if there's literally anything else in the theater that like you know for sure you want to see, then like go see that. Um, this is, uh, renter, it's a renter. Uh, I'm in. I actually had a lot of fun in this movie. I think uh, Cruise is pretty great. Uh, I do, I do like the that he isn't really a good guy. Yeah, he's always kind of a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Because you know whatever whatever he has is never good enough for him. Mm. You know how much money do you need? How much? Uh, how much of a daredevil do you need to be? Uh, I, I I I thought it was lots of fun. Um, 
Who's the uh, Schaefer? His handler was great. Oh, Tom Hulk Gleason. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah he's that great. he's maybe my favorite part <laughs> of the movie. It's pretty fun. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I just had, I had fun in the movie. And you know, I always, I, I'm a big Tom Cruise fan, so I always have fun when Tom Cruise is also having fun in a movie. And I could tell he is having a ball making this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, here's a trailer for American Made. This is the United States Drug Enforcement Agency. We are ordering you to land. Aye, boys. Let's land. Is he? My name's Barry Seal. That's for the damage. For your sister. Hey, little darling. And your bike. Some of this shit really happened. You never saw me. Top of your class in the Civil Air Patrol, pilot like you shouldn't be flying buses. Welcome to Miami. Welcome to Bakersfield. Haven't you ever wanted something more, Barry? You should be serving your country. You're CIA. Shh. We need you to deliver stuff for us. Oh, this is legal? If you're doing it for the good guys? Barry Seals, a goddamn genius! You are an airline pilot, Barry. That's how you support this family. This is gonna be good for us. Is this all legal? You trust me? No! We're expanding operations, Barry! The devil you know, the devil you know, the devil you don't. Roscoe dug this up in the backyard. There are bills blowing around everywhere. I'll rake it up in the morning. ATF, drop your weapons! Guns, drugs, money laundering. Did y'all know the caddies have more trunk space than any other car? I'll get each and every one of you the caddy for your troubles. See, I'm gonna walk out of here. <laughs> I don't read a damn thing any one of you can do about it. He's free to go. Oh, well, wait a minute. Boy should have taken the caddies. <laughs> I was working for the CIA, the DEA, and Pablo Escobar. 1,500 kilos. That's 1,500 kilos, Barry. In one go. Get it done. American Made tells a very loose <laughs> version of the Barry Seal story. Um... In the same way that Pain and Gain told the story of the Sun Chimper. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so what is it? Barry Seal was a real guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because oh, yeah. not knowing the history, I, I was suspicious that the, this was someone trying to tell the Iran Contra story mm. through like a fictional character. No, no, he's real. They. I mean, really loose because I, if I remember correctly, he was brought in at the end. Like he wasn't working for the government the whole time. He was kind of brought in at the end after he was. I think he was convicted of like smuggling cocaine in or something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it's something like that. And the reason they used him is because he had intimate knowledge of how to smuggle stuff in and out of the country. And uh, then they ended up recruiting him for it. So my folks saw this movie before I did. And then they gave me one mission, which was find out exactly what it says when it says based on a true story. Mm-hmm. But I totally missed it because I was paying attention to the opening credits. What does it say? Because it says something other than just like based on a true story. Oh, fuck. The, pro- the poster says based on a true lie. 
So yeah. uh, I know, I know what you're talking. I I totally forgot. That. Yeah, and I I just missed it because all the the credit stuff was happening, and I I think it said based what? on actual events. Maybe hmm. I know he worked for TWA and he got fired, and then he did his drug smuggling. Right, but in this movie, he just walks off a plane. Yeah, and I was like, "You dick!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so those people got to get somewhere. But, I mean, it's fun, he's you know. He, he's I, I like the build of the character at the beginning, where he's really bored with the checks, and then when everyone's asleep, he like makes the plane stall and yeah, he that intentionally does turbulence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I, I love the the line. Do you trust me? Like it's supposed to be something meaningful. <laughs> fuck she no. Goes, the fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> and I. What I think what Tom Cruise is one of his biggest strengths is is he's like in this movie he's not a good guy but he still has a charm where you yeah. kind of like him oh yeah you know and I think that's one of his biggest strengths as an actor mm-hmm. yeah I, I end up liking this movie more than I do like a Goodfellas or something like that where you know because I I don't like those characters whereas this guy I kind of root for and especially because he does have there's a slant to the story that is like well you're working for the CIA and your CIA handler brought you drug money and said everything is yours so like and he gave you all the maps and put you in places where you could totally just bring drugs into the country and said it was okay so like why not go make a bunch of money Schaefer, um, where are you going who the fuck is Schaefer? right <laughs> that was maybe one of my favorite sequences even though that's one of those moments that's like so over like you know you watch these based on a true story movies and like there are, there are times every now and then where you're like okay they totally rewrote this section the scene where everyone shows up at his warehouse to arrest him at the same time. <laughs> I was like, this is funny and I'm enjoying like I I remember it was one of the few times I laughed out loud during the movie, Jesus. but I was I was also like annoyed at how obviously made up that part was. Um but uh but a neat idea. And yeah, the, the fact that like he he finally thinks that the CIA are picking him up and they're like, we don't even know who you're talking about. Like, there's just so many government entities all doing crazy shit at once that yeah. no one, no one, no one knows what's going and on. It, I mean, the movie's fun, and I, I also love that you know he he sends his wife and children away, and he's like, now I'm probably gonna go away for a long time, so they can't take stuff off you. Then he's in court, he's like, 1,000 hours community service, I, I can go, <laughs> and he doesn't want to go because he knows he's, he's like, gonna do I have to stay? And he really was. He was assassinated at that place yeah. in real life so yeah. that's a terrible shame the, uh, what I liked wait about no it like, no don't do drugs never yeah mind. yeah sorry no I, I'm never saying do drugs <laughs> no I was saying oh well that's no, a, it's funny. a real terrible you know, shame funny, though, I don't think I don't think Cruz in the movie ever does drugs he no, doesn't but no. but there's a great scene where he's covered in drugs <laughs> yeah. and he runs and then he gets a kid's bike this he is... rides a kid's bike down the street and i was like that's the best running i've ever seen tom cruise do well it's i was just thinking, those few steps <laughs> i was thinking too in this movie he only runs when uh bj says fuck you and your cunt wife and he like gets out of his <laughs> oh, car God, and yeah. chases him <laughs> yeah. and then he blows i thought he ran a little bit toward the oh wait no he stumbled out yeah bj Got the kid's bike and then oh, okay. bj is the best part of this movie <laughs> i loved bj that was, like, so the, much that reminded me oh. so much of fucking like you're gonna send me money every week and that man when that car explodes that Did, was in dolby a get a if when when you do it in Dolby, have you been? We we went to Dolby for Star Wars: Force Awakens, but like Dolby sound, when it when it's a certain sound effect cues, you could feel the back of your seat reverb. Mm, yeah, and when that car blew up, that happened. So nice. it was like an extra jolt. My I was at the I didn't go to the Alamo. There was a, a an earlier screening over here at the South Glen, um, and the the I, I should have prefaced this. The audio was a little too low. The screen was too dark. 
And I think it was out of focus because when the credits rolled, they were all out of focus. And I went, great. So there is the caveat of like, I actually found myself on a weird edge at the beginning of the movie when I should have been having fun with the credits because they were way too quiet. And I was like, no, like, if you're going to play this music, like, play this music loud. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, show me all this stuff loud, you know. And you're colorblind, Um, so you're missing that too. and And I can't see any colors. So, yeah. Um, there, uh, but I liked I I liked Doug Liman as a director, and oh, this, yeah. I liked how this is. This reminded me a lot of the stuff he did in the '90s before he started doing blockbusters. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I mean, we, whether it's Go or Swingers or something like that, I'm just like, dude, this is actually like. Well, I always like to. Uh, it's always, I mean, when you say, you know, oh, it only costs fifty million dollars to make. That's still a lot of money, but yeah. it's kind of cool to see a little more. I guess low tech movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, and those plane sequences are incredible. Yeah. I, oh, I yeah. Tom wonder, Cruise really flying. I wondered why they were putting it in select IMAX locations, and then when I saw those sequences, I'm like, that must be where the IMAX is. There's a really mm-hmm. funny interview if you follow the American Made page mm-hmm. with Doug Lyman, and he said, "Oh, we hired stunt pilots," and Tom looked at me, he's like, "I'm flying the planes." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Brad, what, you, you had issues with it? Sorry. Uh yeah, it was fun. Uh the the one glaring thing was I don't know about I, about you guys, but everything was very seventies, eighties, except for his wife. She looked like she was out of like ten years ago. Hmm. Like her hairstyle mm. and oh, oh. I guess I, I could see really that attention, yeah. 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 Oh I I, I could see that Like argument. you think if they were making an eighties movie that the like, like her hair or something. Or yeah, something. or blow out or something. Or yeah. Like, yeah. Um I guess that's she was too attractive is your point. They should have made her uglier like the 80s, like women in the 80s. No offense. Just you look back at pictures of women in the 80s and you're like, man, you're really attractive. If Big not for blown up her. Yeah. But like one of it's like the high waisted off to the side. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah for, if not for all the things you're doing to block how pretty you are. Um, so, so that was weird. It felt like she was out of place. Um, hmm. but, uh, she had some good moments. And then some of the. She's great. I loved her. Like film quality because it. It would like to change from film to like documentary style. Yeah, it was weird at weird times, uh, especially in the very beginning. Um, but yeah, and then the end. Uh, this like spoilers. <laughs> right, he doesn't make it. <laughs> I already mentioned so, it, but it's yeah. also history. It's so. always kind of weird when the movie keeps like you're watching a movie about a, a person who's dead and they're narrating their own story. Yeah. So. Yeah, those were the parts where I genuinely did. I think one of the earliest, because the way it's cut together is bizarre and sort of threw me off. took me a while to realize, like, oh, like the reason the year keeps changing is because he keeps filming some of this in December of one year and January of the next. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. Anyway. Um, and then also, but, like, he has that mountain of evidence in his trunk, but, like, you know, a ton of high up people. Like this is based on real life, and yeah, like almost none of those go, people have. Because Schaefer showed them their ba- his badge, and he sees the car and the evidence. What? what? That was the CIA coming no, after. But, he no, 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 no. What he's saying is, if I, if I have all this evidence, why don't I go to the CIA and be like, "Hey, y'all got to protect me. I have all of this evidence." Like he's evidence like, all the way to the president. Like, yeah, well, like I think they didn't because the CIA had that one. He's like, "Burn everything. You don't know him." So yeah. he's basically so, telling so, a story because they don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm just surprised how, like, I've never heard of this guy considering the, like, evidence that has been made available. Like, this this was, though, in, in those scenes where he's talking to the camera, there's something about the way that stuff is written that, uh, which is maybe me giving Tom Cruise a free pass, but there was literally, I wasn't kidding, there was a moment where I went, like, he said something and it was worded funny and he, like, he stumbled over it in a way that felt like 
it made me see Tom Cruise and not the Tom, the character. And I went, is Tom Cruise being like bad? Like I like it was sitting there watching him going like, I don't think this is good. I think he's not good right now. And then, it, and then it cut away to like the real, like, Hey, here's the real story. And I was like, Oh, Oh, Oh no, it's good. No, he's good. This is weird. Um, I just feel like the way the film is structured, I was like, I don't know why you did it this way. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's just I also like how in detail they get into like how he outwits um, mm-hmm. everybody. So yeah, that's a plus. Yeah, instead of just glossing over it, like oh, he just gets away. It's like well, he waits out the other planes because he has that more fuel cool. and stuff that like really that. Cool. Like really, yeah, yeah. Um, also the very final scene with Tom Hulk Gleason, both the best <laughs> slash corniest thing you could do i know we'll get the iranians to sell to train the contras <laughs> and then bam that text pops up schaefer got a promotion yeah. <laughs> I was I like, i'm like this was about the iran god, god damn it i mean uh, why was i not paying attention the whole movie <laughs> I, I love the fact that the like the, i heard contras throughout the whole damn thing i didn't think they were gonna lead up to that point <laughs> i love the fact the, the scene where the guy from star trek enterprise shows up to play uh george w mm. bush yeah. Um, oh, that's George W. Bush. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. He says like he's a, I was Texas Air National Guard, sixty-eight. To oh, six, yeah. Or sixty-seven, sixty-nine. Junior. Yeah. Yeah. That's the real thing is they call him Junior and they, then he leaves. There's a um, there's a news story where they said that President Clinton was supposed to make a cameo in a strip club, and yeah. I was like, well, oh, gov- damn. At the time, Governor Bill Clinton. Yeah, go Governor Bill Clinton. Um, but yeah, like, I think I think it was probably that we we would have seen like when he calls her at the uh, at the DA at the office. I think they probably. The scene Would have been on the other movie. end was him calling from the strip club to be like, "Hey, uh, you, you gotta let that you, Tom Cruise guy. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta let Brady go. That wasn't terrible. Um, I try. <laughs> yeah. It's also this weird. Like after they do the Contra connection, they show that clip of Reagan being questioned about the Contra, and all he's saying is like, "All I know is is that this turkey's gonna look great on my table." <laughs> like, mm-hmm. wow. Lyman's being like, oh, yeah. Lyman's lost his mind at this point. Yeah. Like, I love how he edited all the footage together. It looks awesome. Yeah, and like the fact that Tom Cruise has a has a monologue about explaining how great Reagan is because of the fact that he was able to go from that monkey movie Bedtime for Bonzo <laughs> to being the the Great Gipper. I'm like. Fuck, man, like this has way too – Doug Lyman said I need to make a movie for Zach so he can put it in his top ten this year <laughs> where he's going to be entertained. So, no, nah, I liked it. I loved, the, I loved it. It was great. You know? yep. uh, next week is James's birthday. Yay! And no one cares because next Aww. week also Blade Runner 2049 comes out. Yay! Just kidding. And the uh, My Little Pony movie. I, Emily Blunt does have a voice role in that. <laughs> so we'll I will not watch every- it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so we'll be seeing you Blade Runner celebrating it. James's birthday. James are going to be on the show next week. I'm hoping so. Yeah, cool. Also, if you're out and about on Sunday, come see us at the what's the name of the restaurant? Sorry. Mutiny Information Cafe. Mutiny Rest Information it's Cafe. It's like Broadway, and I'm going to say Ellsworth. Yeah, I think it's Ellsworth. Yeah. yeah. If not, we'll send you the directions. Yeah, come out and say hi to us. Um, we'll be there, and cool. we'll be also reviewing Blade Runner there. And go see uh go see Brad next Wednesday at the Peak Peak Film Forum. Peak Peak Film Forum. I yep. also is associated with Pike's Peak, Colorado Springs. Yep. He'll be out there. James kind of went to Porky Pig mood there for a minute. Uh what are we doing the other 2 weeks of October until Halloween? Are they bad? Are they bad weeks? One of them's Geostorm, 
which I don't want to see, but you guys have mentioned. Another oh, one is yeah. I don't know what's coming out. I think it's the Snowman Murder one. The Snowman one looks interesting. With Michael Fassbender. Yeah, that might be cool. I was going to posit a suggestion that we... We have one more. Huh? Oh, go ahead. Because um, I, I guess Jigsaw's the fourth week, I'm guessing. We're doing Jigsaw. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll be, any, I'll be literally anywhere it. else, yeah. Um, but since it's like October, maybe we should, those middle two weeks, do like at home horror movies <laughs> we could oh wait uh medea halloween 2 the 13th uh marshall and the foreigner are out and i would see either of those films um and then the 20th is snowman yeah mm. <laughs> or geo or geostorm or tyler perry's boo 2 a medea halloween I'm going to down for that. Fine, fuck you guys and fuck Halloween. I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a shit about Halloween. Um, wait, wait, no, like, you think an at-home horror movie? I, I thought you were saying Film Explosion for a second, but I was like... No, yeah, we, we, have, we, have, we, we have one more Film Explosion to do yeah. for the year. Um, I was trying to think of something cool and different, but oh, whatever. Shit, yeah. Yeah. But let's what go, do you let's mean go watch a shitty movie. I mean, wait, no, I don't understand <laughs> what you're asking us. No, like, oh, I think he means like watch, like, like do commentary. It, like, right? No, like Friday the 13th, the first one is our movie of the week. Except we don't actually go to the theater, and then the other one, I don't know, is like a Nightmare on Elm Street or something. The week of Jigsaw, I'm just going to go see Suburbicon, because fuck you guys. Well, I'm going to see that too. I mean, fuck, we're all going to see Cult of Chucky on the week after Blade Runner, so. We could always review that. We are? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're... you're, Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying now, yes, okay. (laughs) I thought it would be cool to have a Halloween-themed month, but... And there's also like a dozen what's more horror Halloween movies at the Alamo. What's more Halloween than replacing a person's head with a snowman head? <laughs> That's fair. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I. Lots so, of things are more Halloween than that, but yeah. I, I celebrate that's... Halloween. <laughs> yeah, your your Halloween's must be terrible if that's your. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Sorry, I just understand what you're asking me at first. Yeah, 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 that sounds fun. No, we can do that. You want to hear something funny? Next week, uh, one of the Blu-ray releases we're going to talk about is the Divergent series on Blu-ray where they're putting all three of the films together, but all three of the films is not the complete Divergent series. Oh, because, yeah. That, Are they still making that TV show? Nope. Because <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> they should call it the Cliffhanger Edition. <laughs> I think I already own all three of those films. Fuck me. Wow. Okay. I wonder what it's like to be an author that likes gets a huge book deal that goes on to being a movie, and then people hate the movie but love your book. And then, like, public consciousness becomes the movie and not the book. Then she's... (laughs) I'm just showing you this picture again because it's great. Oh, I thought you were making a Phil K. Dick analogy. (laughs) 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 Oh, Paycheck is a great book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Till next week. Bye. 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 Is Brad a replicant? Real Nerds Podcast is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. The Real Nerds would like to thank the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now open in Sloan's Lake. We also would like to thank Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, especially Andrew. Our music has been brought to you by Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios. And of course, thanks to James's mother, our most loyal listener. Have a nice day. Uh, and Ryan, you're probably going to be fine. I love boobies. Fair. Real Nerds Podcast is a partner of Denver Podcast Network in the shadow of the mountain. We We speak. speak.